This is a day I've been looking forward to for two and a half years. We're really proud of Timeline. <laughs> We're going to reimagine Windows. Microsoft is announcing the breakthrough game console called Xbox. We've created a platform attuned to consumers' changing behaviors and an evolving sense of play. We set out to make the best watch in the world. And today, we're introducing Nexus 7. This is it, Xbox One. And we are calling it iPhone. The latest news, the newest products, the biggest names. Welcome to Your Tech Report. Online at yourtechreport.com. Join Mitchell Whitfield and Marco Flalo for the next hour of Your Tech Report. Yes, indeed. Welcome to it. I guess we call this our midsummer edition of Your Tech Report right here. I am Marco Flalo in Montreal. He is Mitchell Whitfield in Los Angeles. Mitchell, how are you this midsummer edition of Your Tech Report? I like how you're getting a little Shakespearean on me and on our audience. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm really, uh, I'm liking the new direction that we're taking. Not new direction, but I like that we're giving our listeners more interviews. We always get asked for more interviews, industry-related, and I think we're really going to mix it up a little bit and give people an idea of just how much technology uh, lies in products that they were not thinking of as technology products. So, I'm kind of excited about this week's episode. Does that answer your question? It does. You know, we're kind of following suit to all these big tech giants who are spending a lot more time listening to feedback, giving people access to early builds of software. I'm talking about Microsoft, talking about Apple. Um, and, and we're doing the same thing. We're giving people a little bit of a forum. We have an email address, which is contact at yourtechreport.com. Our Facebook page is facebook.com slash yourtechreport. Of course, our Twitter is at your tech report and we actually listen and respond and and direct this show in a way which you our listener want to go and this week we're really excited to talk about a whole new category to us which is tools yeah yeah like i like i said we've been we've been listening to your email listen to your emails we've been listening to what you've been saying in your emails and we forget and it's something i'm going to mention a little later we forget how much technology lies in the things that we use every day tools being a part of that obviously so yes very excited about this i don't want to see anything else i want to wait till the intro but uh yeah big show this week and we've got another great interview it's really more of a hands-on kind of walkthrough with a brand new piece of software that you may have heard of called windows 10 which is dropping in stores on the 29th of this month. Yeah, I think people are going to be really excited about this. And if you have been a Windows user for a long time, or if you're a Mac user that's thinking about also either moving over or also using Windows, I have to tell you, as someone that's used both for years, I am very, very excited about Windows 10. And if you're, you know, a, a Mac user or a gamer, you should be really excited about it too. And of course, we're going to kick things off with the news of the week, Mitch, but we are going to take a quick break. So again, if you want to follow us on Twitter, it's at your tech report, facebook.com slash your tech report, our email address. Keep this one handy because next week we're going to do something we did a couple weeks back because it is the kind of midsummer lull. We've been getting a lot of emails about different interviews and different features and different hands-on things that we have talked about in the past. We are going to bring you a great interview that we did with the founders of Loot Crate. That's going to be on next week's show, as well as an interview with the guys at Ubisoft and Amblia Soft, which uh, are coming out with a game that is designed to help Lazy Eye, and of course some hands-on review time with uh, the Wemo products and the Iris drone. That's coming on next week, but there's one more slot that you can email us right now. Contact at yourtechreport.com and we will fit that slot in for you next week. Mitchell, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, the news of the week, which includes some iPods, which include lots of fun stuff coming up when we're back right here on Your Tech Report. There's more Your Tech Report after this. Now, back to your tech report. Yes, indeed, your tech report. Mark Aflalo in Montreal, Mitchell Whitfield in Los Angeles. Mitchell, I can't stop giving people the email address and the contact information. Twitter, it is at your tech report. Facebook.com slash your tech report. Of course, contact at your tech report.com. A fun week, a surprisingly fun week, I think, in the in the tech world. We've got some interesting announcements. Apple kind of took the lead on this one with uh, some new iPods in their lineup, but specifically the iPod Touch. Now, before we get into the details, um, yeah. there were some rumors about the iPod Touch refresh. One of the things I kind of expected was maybe a larger screen iPod Touch because they tend to follow suit to the iPhone, but we did not see a larger screen on the iPod Touch, which is kind of interesting, wouldn't you say? Uh, yeah, and it makes me sort of feel like, not that this this series or actually this category of devices is sort of uh, becoming less popular, but 
I, I think what this has to do with is, Mark, that so many people now have iPhones. I always looked at the iPod as something, as a great alternative, to, for example, for a younger audience maybe that doesn't have a phone yet. Because let's face it, iPhone has really taken over the mantle. They said at the beginning when they first introduced iPhone, it was the best iPod we've ever made, and it continues to be the best iPod Apple has ever made. So we're seeing more and more people, Mark, that already have a brilliant iPod in their pocket in the form of their iPhone. So have we started to see less innovation in terms of screen size functionality because of that? Yeah, I think so. I think also the younger market that would normally get these iPods, we're seeing kids that are younger and younger starting to use their iPhones or handed down iPhones. So here's what I'm going to ask you. Mm -hmm. Do you feel that perhaps as people get new iPhones or iDevices uh, and they take every two years and they take their old iPhone and pass it down to their family members, friends, kids to use as an iPod without an actual cell connection, uh, do you think that doing this is sort of cannibalizing not just the sales of iPod, but maybe the evolution of it as a standalone device? What do you think of that? I, I think that you have hit the nail dead on because um, the iPod, I think this is why one of the reasons why they didn't spend this time on increasing the screen size. It makes sense to do what they did, which was under the hood enhancements to the device. It's got a 64-bit architecture. It's 10 times faster on the graphics side. They've added right. the metal graphics engine, the motion co-processor. They're basically taking the best of the iPhone, shoving it into the iPod Touch, not changing the body, not changing anything else, because I think they see the decline in the sales, not to its detriment, because of exactly what you said. People handing down devices, they've already invested a lot in these iPhones, and these iPhones, even if they're two models old, they're still great devices. And if you look at the price points, Mitchell, I mean, compared to subsidized pricing, you can pick a brand new pink iPod Touch, for example, the 16 gig is $200, all the way up to $399 for the 128 gig. If you compare those to subsidized iPhone prices, they're almost on par. And you know what's interesting? that You talk about the colors. I want to touch on this a second because, and they have these really cool colors, the silver, the blue, the pink, the gold, <clears throat> excuse me, the black. But this is something, when you think about the different colors of devices, this is something that used to be done exclusively on the Shuffle and on the Nano. Yes. And what are these? These are small, less expensive devices that people were using, of course, to be introduced to, to the ecosystem of iPod. Uh, it isn't something we saw them doing on higher-end devices. It's something they also started years ago when they put out uh, the iMac for the first time, the different candy shells, remember that? Yep. To, to sort of stimulate the market a little bit. So I won't say it's a negative thing. That's uh, Obviously, having these different colors, really cute. But I think we're seeing it being marketed in a different, different way. And I do believe that, I really do believe, as we both just touched on, that the fact that the iPhone has taken over the mantle as the iPod to have, I think we're seeing a slightly less... And one thing that you didn't mention was, I think they improved the camera a little bit, both the front yes, facing... Yes, it went from 5 megapixels to camera, 8 megapixels. Exactly, yeah. Exactly. So, you know, and, which is a wonderful thing for people that still want to use the iPod or that um, it's a great alternative to an iPhone, because let's face it, it does everything the iPhone does pretty much without the cell phone connection. Uh, the functionality is very similar, so it's a still a great alternative for people that want that functionality and to get into the Apple ecosystem without having to pay a subscription fee every month that you do with a phone. But I, I do think that we're seeing the innovation start to pull back a little bit because of iPhone. So, uh, hey, there you go. Um, let's talk about Sonos for a second. Uh, we're big fans That's, of their yes. products. They are uh, Sonos really created the first connected speakers, so to speak. It, it, it is not standalone. It, it looks standalone. It looks like a small speaker, and they come in various shapes and sizes. But when you pair it with an app, you can stream many, many, many streaming services to it, including Apple Music, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. They've recently released, uh, on July 21st, they're going to be releasing, um, what's called the Sonos Play One Tone. Brand new design, beautiful shell, beautiful body. That's a limited edition in their collection, starting at two hundred fifty dollars US, two hundred eighty dollars Canadian. Um, again, five thousand of these devices in in a color white, in black. I, I'm telling you, I, I got myself uh, all prepared for this one. Um, you can only get two per household. This is how limited they are. But these are one of these speakers and one of these systems that I've always wanted to buy, but I never really jumped into because in my mind, it had always been, okay, it's just a Bluetooth speaker. But Sonos really is more than that, is it not? 
Uh, it, it really is. I mean, and, and one thing I wanted to touch on was actually the technology in the speaker itself, because I feel that sometimes when people hear, uh, you know, it's a connected speaker, it, may, it hooks into your wireless network, it lets you stream all different audio from your either from your computer or from uh, dedicated internet radio stations. I think when they hear that, they think, oh, well, it's more gadgety, meant to be Wi-Fi, less technology on the speaker side. And that's not true at all. I mean, they, they have custom-designed drivers, dedicated amps built into this small, compact speaker. The sound quality is excellent. Uh, and, yeah. and I think that's one thing I, I definitely wanted to mention because people don't think about that. It's, you know, if you can't, you know, I forget the old expression actually has language that I can't use, but I think when there's <laughs> not some substance there, we'll, we'll keep the clean version, when there's no substance, they try to dazzle you with, you know, features like, oh, it's a connected speaker, but Sonos is not like that. It has the connectivity. It also has the audio quality. And as you said, 250 US, I think right now 280 Canadian, uh, it's a great way to jump into this ecosystem. And if it's something you like, you can have a Sonos speaker in every room, have a whole connected home with these beautiful connected speakers throughout your home. So it's a great opportunity to jump in. There's been a lot of rumors surrounding BlackBerry. Ever since John Chen took over as CEO of the company, there's been speculation that they were going to be bought by Samsung, that they were going to do various things. The company, the latest rumors for this company is that they're considering employing a new strategy, which is adopting the Android platform, making it a secure platform on their devices. The big news this week is that CEO John Chen has really come out and said, I have no intentions of selling the company at this moment. He goes, I have a responsibility to listen if someone comes and wants to present an offer. I have a responsibility to the shareholders. But there are no intentions of selling BlackBerry. It is going to maintain its existence in Canada, and they are going to focus their shift, the shift their focus really, onto the software side completely to maintain their existence in the market. And I think that's really cool. It is really cool. It is really good. But I, I got to tell you, Mark, I'm getting a little bit nervous because I think we've been seeing the cat and mouse game um, with BlackBerry for quite some time. And it was, you know, years ago, of course, you know, the, 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 the talks about BlackBerry's demise, of course, it wasn't happening. BlackBerry didn't go anywhere. It hasn't gone anywhere. But I, I, I still think the fact that the fact that we're seeing so many or hearing about so many rumors about what form BlackBerry's resurgence is going to take. Are they going to use all their, because remember, they have so many patents. Their, their value lies in their technology patents. Am I correct? They Absolutely. have billions of dollars worth of patents that the company owns. Um, but the fact that we still are debating what direction they are going to take, are they still going to have physical handsets with those great chiclet embedded keys that we, and that you especially love so much with the classic, which of course you talked about. Uh, are we going to see an adoption as you said, of Android, of another OS with BlackBerry Messenger, which is the backbone of their infrastructure, especially on the business side, being embedded into maybe an Android device or another device. So the fact that we're still debating about it and we're still hearing, well, we're not making a move yet or we're going to stay the course, it makes me nervous because we haven't had a definitive direction for the company yet. And I think that's what people are waiting to see but before they either continue their investment in BlackBerry as a platform or decide to reinvest for people that left BlackBerry when they heard that it wasn't going in the direction they wanted. So I'd like to get some concrete news because I want this is this is not just a great Canadian company, Mark. This is a great company with a great history and a great heritage. I don't want it to go anywhere, but I'm getting nervous because it's been a long time without a specific direction. Mitchell, there was some sad news this week. Um, uh, the gaming world suffered a major loss. Um, the, the, the president of Nintendo passed away from cancer and... Um, leaving a, a very large legacy behind him. And the talk now is who's going to replace him and what does this mean for a company? Uh, it's a giant. I mean, if you look at gaming, Nintendo is one of the founding giants of that entire industry. And this guy has been there since the start. And other than, uh, you know, the creator of the Mario series, um, there are few and far between are there people who have been in this industry for so long. What does this mean in the gaming world for a company like that, or just gaming in general, to lose well, a figure I mean, like this? Uh, uh so, I mean, you know, we're, we're talking about the CEO, Satoru Iwata, or Iwata-san, as a lot of people called him. Um, it, it, this was a huge... The thing about not only is it a huge loss, uh, it was very surprising. I think a lot of people in the industry did not know he was ill. It was a very well-kept secret, I think, for many reasons. I think, you know, obviously, uh, with Steve Jobs, we had a similar, you know, similar thing going on, but for privacy, for personal reasons, but also, as you said, we're seeing corporations keeping medical issues quiet now because they do not want to 
affecting the stock. They do not want it affecting the bottom line. And Iwata-san has been such a visible, as you said, figurehead of this company for so many years, for decades, uh, first as a programmer and then rising through the ranks as a CEO. It's it's very sad for his family, of course, for gamers everywhere that love the, his creations. But now, now let's get to the more pragmatic issue here. Let's talk about the direction of Nintendo. Right now, I, it's really, it's horrible timing. I mean, obviously, I don't want to sound uh, insensitive, like somebody's death is bad timing. It's never bad timing. It's a tragedy. But if you look at the company moving forward, they're just starting to feel the Wii U start to move forward. Obviously, they have a new system that they're going to announce in 2016. The company seems to be getting things going in the direction that they wanted. And of course, now with Iwata-san's uh, passing, uh, it's, it's, it's a very sad time. And I think Nintendo is going to be okay. Obviously, we talked about on previous shows, they're moving to mobile gaming. We know that move is coming later this year. We know the Wii U has some fantastic games that, you know, Mario Maker is coming out. Uh, Yoshi's Woolly World, I think, is another one that's coming out. Uh, we have a Star Fox game coming out. So we have so many of Nintendo's staple games that will be coming out. And of course, the new Zelda game next year. They're going in the right direction. They have a new console coming out. I think they're going to be okay. But it's just a very sad thing for a gentleman that's been not just a part of Nintendo, but a part of our growing up with Nintendo for so many years. So I know I know a lot of good thoughts are going the way of his family right now and for the last week. Mitchell, uh, Microsoft's The Surface Hub is uh, delayed right now due to some manufacturing issues. So if you've been looking to spend that $28,000 on that big 55-inch uh, Surface Hub, you're going to have to wait a bit to receive that. I know that you're you're crying <sighs> inside. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I I was gonna replace my dining room table with it, and basically, yeah. while you know, while you're waiting, you know, to take a sip of water and have a piece of chicken, you can know you could diddle on the board a little bit on your table and have some fun. But yeah, uh, I don't think this is obviously bigger news for the workspace than it is for individuals. Yeah, but we have people that listen to our show that are involved in you know, uh, business to B two B and all that stuff. So yeah, this is something that uh, we're gonna have to wait on. But technology, ridiculously cool. The, the Windows 10 launch party is officially beginning. We have found out Office 2016 for Mac that was released last week. Office 2016 for the PC has officially been released to uh, everybody. You can download that now if you're part of the Office 365 program or if you actually want to go buy that. The Windows 10 launch party is on because the 29th of this month is when we are going to see Windows 10 in the hands of consumers, consumers that have not had the opportunity to play with it as millions have in the preview program. Now, I, I know our our point of view or, you know, our involvement is not necessarily uh, the same as the average consumer because, you know, we do this for a living. We're involved in technology. We talk about it every week. But I have to tell you, just from like a, a sample, a cross-section of my friends and family, um, not tech heads by any means, okay? People are genuinely excited and talking about this Windows release more than any Windows release since I can remember maybe since yeah. XP. Uh, and that is good news for Microsoft because I think Microsoft has done a brilliant job. I'm not reinventing itself. It never went anywhere. But making itself more relevant, 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 I can't even speak, to not just Windows users and Microsoft fans, but Apple users. People that use other platforms now are buzzing about Windows 10. That is great news for Microsoft. And I think it's going to be big business for them, even though, as we're going to talk about later in the show, you can get it for free. And we are going to talk about that. And we are going to talk about that later in the show. We're going to go in depth with Windows 10. Before that, Mitchell, we're going to hit a segment of the market that we've never touched before. But it's a segment of the market that is touched by technology every day. And that segment is tools when we come back here on your tech report. There's more your tech report after this. Now, back to your tech report. It is your tech report, Mark Aflalo in Montreal, Mitchell Whitfield in Los Angeles. Welcome back on Twitter. It is at your tech report, Facebook.com slash your tech report. And of course, our email address, Mitchell, is contact at your tech report.com. You know, Mark, we have a really special interview coming up right now. But before we start the interview, you know, we've always been honest with our audience. We like sharing personal stories. And mm-hmm. today I feel like sharing something that's a little personal. If you'll yeah. indulge me a second, I, I have something I need to tell our audience and to tell you. Get it off your chest. Um, I, I really, uh, no, I want to get it off my chest. And um, recently uh, it's come to my attention. It's been made very clear by my family. Uh, and I'm sad to report I am no longer allowed to go to Home Depot, Lowe's, any place, any major tool seller, I'm no longer allowed to go to these stores by myself. Mitchell, I, I don't mean to, didn't mean to laugh at you there, but you know, yes. it, it, it's common with men around your age for this yes. to happen. Don't worry about it. Um, I, I've heard that, but it's never happened to me. 
Okay. I, I've never, I've never had to hold myself. The fact is, I have no self control when I get around any sort of cordless tools. I, I can't control myself, Mark. Now, are there, are there any particular tools in, in question here, or are we well, just talking I'm, about I'm everything? Not afraid, I'm not afraid to name names. I'm going to name <laughs> names right now. I have a slight obsession with Milwaukee, but I know I'm not alone in loving Milwaukee tool because, listen. The fact is, people forget. We, we talk about mobile devices so much and computers and cameras. We forget how much technology is actually in the cordless tools that we use every day. And we've been getting emails for reviews. I'm not the only one obsessed with Milwaukee. Can you can you review some Milwaukee tools? We we, we love the M12 line, the M18 line. So we're, we're giving something back to our listeners. We actually are going to do this. Well, Mitchell, it just so happens that on the line with us right now is Christian Coolis, who's the VP of Product Management for Milwaukee tool. I figured, let's bring Christian on. You guys can work through your problems. Hey, Christian, are you there? I'm here. How are you guys doing? You know, I'm doing okay. I'm sure you just heard me share my really sad story, so please tell me. I'm not the gen- I'm not the only gentleman in the world who cannot control themselves when surrounded I, by Milwaukee products. Is this true? I did hear your unfortunate story, and, and you are <laughs> definitely not the only person with that problem. It's a... Uh, it's a nationwide epidemic that we're trying to help with. <laughs> I was going to say, a, a problem that really works to your advantage. Milwaukee Tools has been making so many great <laughs> tools for so long. For the purpose of this interview, I really want to stick with the M12 and M18 fuel line uh, because they really are something special. And I'm sure a lot of folks out there have already used them. But for those that aren't familiar with M12 and M18 fuel, let's talk a, a little bit about those lines. Sure. Well, you've got, uh, you've got very good taste. <laughs> Thank um, you. I guess uh, going back just a, just a couple of years, we launched the first M18 fuel uh, product in 2012. And at the time, it was a revolutionary breakthrough uh, to what our industry has seen in the past. Um, for the first time, really, on a, a widespread basis, we were integrating new technologies at a level that no one else was even close to. And those technologies were really... Uh, coming together and producing the absolute best tool that the world has ever seen. And what those are is a combination of uh, the best lithium-ion battery packs in the marketplace, a proprietary brushless motor platform that we developed and integrated and manufacture completely internally, and really an evolution of a lot of electronic capabilities. And those electronic capabilities are really kind of showing themselves in, in two different faces. One is the ability to actually have electronic controls in your tool. So you can actually have a high, a medium, a low speed electronically that is controlling the torque and speed output of the tool, as well as controlling the the tool and making it a lot more durable and efficient and long-lasting for uh, the people that, that are using those products on a daily basis. No, these, you're absolutely right. I mean, the power, the battery life. But I want to start off, you talked about brushless because the M12 and 18 lines, the M12 and 18 have the standard lines and they have the fuel lines, which we're talking about. Now, I'm an RC guy. I love racing RC cars and helicopters. And I know a lot of my cars and helicopters have brushless motors. And basically, brushless motors have less friction, so it allows you to give more power in a smaller package. Is that a good way of explaining it? That's a very accurate way to explain it. And actually, the, the RC industry and, and the people that uh, are using the RC products, and uh, they see a very tangible benefit right away. Uh, it, it's not just power. Um, there is a big power difference. There's about 30% more power capabilities in a brushless motor than there is a, a brushed motor. Uh, right. But you also have the ability to have a much smaller motor uh, with more power as well. Uh, and there's also a very big durability benefit. There are no wearable components. There's not a wearable uh, carbon brush on that motor. Um, and it's much more efficient as well. It's, it's, it's requiring a lot less battery energy and battery, battery capacity to, to complete the same amount of work with a brushless motor. Christian, you mentioned uh, a lot about the technology that is behind your tools. How much time is a particular tool spent in development before we actually get our hands on it? That's a very good question, and it's really a, a fairly broad range of, of time in development and, and really time in testing for us. Um, at Milwaukee, we have a little bit of a, a, a unique internal infrastructure of our engineering and research and development teams, and we will start on a, a project a couple of years before it uh, will hit the shelf. And what we're really doing is understanding the different kind of evolving technologies that we can integrate into the product uh, to really make a difference in the marketplace. Um, our, our goal as a company isn't to try to 
deliver a product that is a little bit better than the one before it. Uh, we want to make groundbreaking changes. Uh, so we'll have a team of people focused on really the upfront system development of that product. Uh, and then from there, we have an internal rapid prototype capability where literally we have a shop with millions of dollars of machinery in it. And uh, within a matter of a, a couple of days, we can make prototype tools from ground up. And from there, we uh, spend a lot of time in the field um, doing research with professional contractors and professional users and, and making any changes uh, to the product for performance or durab durability reasons from there. But across the board, our, our product cycle from beginning to end, depending on the product, can be anywhere from one to three years. We've got some examples that are on the low end and, and some examples that are uh, really more new to world technologies that are on the higher end of that scale. You know, you know, Chris, just to back it up one second, because you mentioned something earlier. We're going to go back and forth because there's so many <laughs> so many aspects of Milwaukee Tool to talk about. You mentioned something before about the battery technology. Now, I, I didn't want to take that for granted because I think a lot of people forget, and I hear a lot of people talk about Milwaukee batteries, and there's nothing like them. And battery technology, especially when you're talking about a cordless tool, obviously it doesn't come in with corded tools, but with cordless tools, the batteries become so important. So talk a little bit about what goes into the red lithium. And I know you have the different versions versions, the 4.0, 2.0. Talk a bit, a little bit about the technology in your batteries. Absolutely. It is, is, like you said, it's the heart and soul of any cordless system. And uh, you can have a great tool. You can have a great motor with uh, all the components you need in it. But if you don't have the battery to sustain it, um, it's pretty much useless and, and vice versa. But as an organization, we made a huge, huge investment uh, a little bit over 10 years ago on lithium-ion. We're actually the the first company um, in our industry to dedicate fully across lithium-ion. Uh, the NICAD technology we evolved away from really quickly. And uh, we are uh, just about to introduce our ninth version, our ninth generation of lithium technology. And we have made some massive steps along the way, uh, especially when you compare it to uh, even the battery that was on the market five years ago. But really what helps separate um, our lithium-ion batteries versus, uh, versus some of the other options in the marketplace are a combination of three different things. One of them is the electronic capabilities that you have in a battery pack, and that becomes important when you're talking about managing the heat buildup, um, managing how that battery will interact with all the different tools that we have on our system, uh, which is over 140 different cordless tools uh, to oh, wow. date. But uh, it comes very important to have a solid electronic um, uh, system and platform that you can base that battery pack off of. The second is a mechanical design. You know, these are very advanced technical products that are putting on the harshest environment uh, really in the world. Uh, they're getting thrown off uh, the second floor of buildings, dropped off ladders, dumped in uh, wet cement, left out in the rain, and it's really, really important to have a, a mechanical design that can live through the environment as, as well as live through the vibration and some of the other abuses that the, the tool will just naturally have on it. And then really the, the third arm of this is making sure that you have the absolute best chemistry of lithium ion uh, to be able to provide both high power as well as long runtime, but also be able to handle extreme hot, extreme cold environments in all of the different variables that, um, you know, really you'd have when you rely on this battery to make your living. Now, you talk about the the lineup of Milwaukee tools, and when we tell our audience that there's a cordless Milwaukee tool for almost any job out there, <laughs> we, we are not joking. I mean, this is this is dead serious. <laughs> Can you talk about the variety of tools in that M family lineup? Well, that's our mission. Our mission is to have a cordless tool for almost anything you can think of, and uh, hopefully our product lines are, are starting to show that. Um, as I mentioned before, we've got over 140 different tools on the M lineups. Uh, we have over 70 tools on our M12 system and over 70 tools on our M18 system. And we're continuing to launch them at a faster pace than we, we ever have in the past. And really, when you take a look at uh, the different solutions that these products provide, it, it, it breaks itself down into, into some different areas. One is there's kind of a, uh, a category that I consider the staples in the industry. You know, th these are the drilling and fastening products, the circular saws, the grinders, products that have been accepted in the marketplace for a very long time to be cordless. And the evolution that we've seen in performance, especially around the M12 and M18 fuel lines, have completely changed people's perspective on what those products can do. 
Um, from there, you get uh, to a, a, another category, which I consider the trade or application-specific products. And these are products that are designed for a single purpose, uh, things like a uh, electrohydraulic knockout tool that we have. This is designed for commercial electricians who are punching uh, holes into electrical panels over and over again all day long. We have application, application-specific products for plumbers who are dealing with, with PEX. We have PEX expanders that are literally designed for one thing. So we have a unique solution from a power tool perspective to have these application and trade-specific products. Um, and really the other two categories are uh, starts with the, the breakthrough products that are is really shifting the marketplace from a corded tool to a cordless tool. Um, we are about to start shipping a cordless mag drill, if you can believe it or not, which has always been one of the products that no one even fathomed they can have uh, run off a battery pack. But we're doing it. It's not only uh, got a lot of nice safety features that the corded product doesn't have, um, but it's drilling faster than our corded product. And it's uh, uh, getting close to 100 large diameter holes per charge, which basically wow. means you can run all day on one battery pack. And then the last category, which is uh, gaining a lot of excitement and a lot of notoriety, is, is really the products that we manufacture that are, are uh, used for off-the-job a lot of times. Things like uh, our heated gear, our lineup of heated jackets and heated hoodies that run off the mm-hmm. same battery. Oh, I want one of those. Too. Yes. Yeah. You live in Los radio. Angeles. You don't want one of those. I live in Canada. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> we have Bluetooth speakers and cordless radios. They're probably right up your guys' alley. And Absolutely. a lot of lighting solutions. You know, Christian, I-, I wanted to mention something here. And you talk about cordless versus corded and this this new tool that you're talking about that is traditionally a corded tool. Uh, I-, I It's so funny how you've seen the transition where cordless tools used to be a convenience for a homeowner or a convenience for lighter jobs. But thanks to what you guys are doing with the power, the durability, the battery life, I feel like the biggest compliment the industry can give you is if you want, if you look at work sites anywhere where they would typically use the core dead version of a tool for their jobs, now you're seeing cordless sawzalls, cordless M18 fuel hammer drills. You're seeing the industry, the, the real, the backbone of construction workers using your cordless products where in the the past they would only use corded that's a huge compliment to what you guys are doing well thank you very much and, and we we love to see the, the transition happen and uh it's, it's really a benefit to the people who again are relying on these tools to make their living um the, the cordless tools are becoming a lot more productive uh it's a, a lot uh more safe when you don't have extension cords running all throughout the job site and a lot more convenient that's really adding to their productivity you know, we <laughs> we we literally could go on about this forever. Uh, before we wrap up, of course, I want to let our listeners know the really cool thing about getting into this ecosystem of tools. And I call it that because if you get the starter pack or if you get a kit that includes a couple of batteries and a charger, you're set up to get all the different tools that the batteries, all the M12 batteries will fit all the M12 products. Same thing with the M18. So it really is a robust system. But Christian, before we let you go, uh, I want to. I want to. We, we're known for teasing our audience a little bit about things that are yet to come. I know we can't talk about it yet, but you guys are going to have an announcement coming up pretty soon that we're going to want to follow up on. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We're making a really, really big announcement um, at the end of this month, at the end of July, that right. is really going to uh, show the industry how we're going to continue to push the evolution and push the technology and integration into uh, uh, in, into this market and. Uh, we're going to show you guys a really, really cool program that's going to let people uh, really have control over their tools and access to their information like they've never had before. So we are really excited about it. Well, I'm hope I promised Carly I wouldn't push it any more than that. We want to leave with a tease. So, Kristen Coolest Milwaukee Tool, please promise us you'll come back so that I can feed my sad obsession with your products. You will come back and talk about that next month. That would be great. Well, could you do that with us? Awesome. Love to. Thank you, guys. There's more Your Tech Report on the way we tackle Windows 10. It's coming out around the corner. There's more Your Tech Report after this. Now, back to Your Tech Report. Welcome back. Your Tech Report, Mark Aflalo in Montreal, Mitchell Whitfield in Los Angeles. Mitchell, I'm excited. On Twitter, it's at yourtechreport, facebook.com slash yourtechreport. Our email address, contact at yourtechreport.com. By the way, Mitchell, next week, 
Because we had such a great response over our little flashback edition of Your Tech Report, we're going to do the same thing. Some more cool interviews and some hands-on stuff that we've done in the past. We're going to bring it to our listeners. But before then, we're really excited about this. Well, excited about what? Mitchell, I'm extremely excited about what we're about to do now. It's the first time we've done this kind of... It's it, To our listeners, I have to explain this, we're actually watching someone else's screen now. And the person who we're going to bring on the line with us now, his name is Mark Obey. He's a product marketing manager at Microsoft Canada. And the reason we're talking about Microsoft is because the Windows 10 launch is, is imminent. It's around the corner. And we're all excited. We've been hyped up about this since uh, all the gaming news when we talked to Kevin Unangst and, of course, all the hands-on time I've had both in a virtual environment and on the Surface Pro 3. So it, it just it's just all-around excitement here for us. <laughs> no, I'm looking forward to this. And, you know, for our listeners that aren't as familiar with what is to come with Windows 10, this is a great opportunity to introduce them as to what they, what they can expect when they get their hands on this new OS. So, Mark, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me. So, Mark, you know, you obviously have way more hands-on experience with Windows 10. We know this is a complete revamp of the operating system, and not only on the on the technical side of things, but everything all the way through the marketing and the way that they've got public involvement has been an incredible, uh, I, I would say, coup or enhancement to the way that we've envisioned Microsoft in the past. And I just want to give you a little hence, you know, a little clap for that. <laughs> what would what would you say when you're talking to people who are reticent, who don't really know much about what Windows 10 is and why it's different and why we need to get on board? What would you what would your spiel be to them? Yeah, well, I think I mean I think there's a the few things. First of all, this is a a whole new generation of of Windows, and um, you know what? It's it's been built for from the ground up really for the world we live in, which is you know which is increasingly mobile and um, you know increasingly cloud based. And so uh, Windows 10, you know, is is really built with that in mind, um, and so. Um, you know, and 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 it also, uh, at the end of the day, you know, we Windows has always been about doing, and with Windows 10, we've we've really kept that uh, lens in mind or that focus in mind around just getting things done, and we want to enable uh, people to to really get things done, and you know, I think you referenced it already, uh, just in terms of you've you've been involved in the Windows Insider program. Uh, that program we launched back in September, where we invited uh, users, uh, you know, the general public, uh, to come and try Windows 10 um, from the very beginning and, and give us feedback. And so, throughout that program, we've actually had over uh, four and a half million Windows insiders join us and give us feedback on the product. Uh, we've been taking their feedback, building that into the product. Um, to where we've we've got um, something uh, an operating system that we've all built together, and uh, and I think at the end of the day, you know, Windows 10 is uh, is is something that we're we're very proud of, and that uh, Windows users around the world should be very proud of because they've they've helped us build um, a very personal and very productive uh, operating system. Hey, Mark, let, let's start the most basic for our listeners who are not familiar. I mean, Windows has gone through many iterations over the years and, uh, you know, recently, of course, moved to that tile design. If you had to talk about how the look has changed, how much has the actual look of the OS changed as we move over to Windows 10? Well, the first thing about Windows 10 is whether you're coming from Windows 7 or Windows 8, um, it, it's, it's going to feel familiar. Um, and so, you know, you talk about the look, uh, it's not just the look, it's the functionality as well, um, in that, uh, you know, regardless of, of what windows you've been on, you're, you're actually going to be an expert right from the start. Mm. Um, and I mentioned the start because, uh, <laughs> you know, as you, uh, you, you, you probably know, or you may have heard, uh, the start button or the start menu is back. Um, so immediately Windows um, 7 users will become, will be very familiar uh, with things like clicking the, the start button and uh, seeing quick actions like uh, File Explorer, Settings, Power, uh, and all apps right, or, right down the left-hand side. Um, you know, Windows 10 also 
um, you know, surfaces up for you your your most used apps right in the start menu so that you can quickly get to what you need to. And then, you know, the other thing that um, Windows 7 users will appreciate, we've even gone back to being able to right-click on that start button um, to show you things like control panel, panel, task manager, file explorer, and shutting down. And so you've got multiple options in terms of how you use um, that that start menu, and uh, and it'll feel very familiar to Windows 7 users. To Windows 8 users, uh, of course, um, you know we've, there's a lot of great things about Windows 8 uh, that we've actually built into Windows 10. And specifically in the start menu, uh, you'll see here, uh, for, for folks that can see the video, is you'll, you'll see that you've got the ability to um, actually build in live tiles to use your start menu. So it's just not a start menu, it's, it's new and improved with live tiles. And so that gives you the ability to customize uh, your start menu. It's, it's a very personal, a very dynamic experience. These live tiles, you know, not only give you a, a nice personal visual experience, but they also serve up information to you right out of the app so that you don't even have to actually go into the app to see what's going on on Facebook or the news or sports or what have you. And so, you know, right away, whether you're a Windows 7 or Windows 8 user, it's going to feel like a very personal and intuitive experience. Hey, Mark, you know, you know what's really cool? I'm watching this, and I, I can't tell. I, I want to make sure our audience gets a, a visual image in their minds. We're actually watching this as Mark is walking us through this. So I wanted to just tell our audience something that's really cool that I'm noticing. It used to be in the Windows environment, especially when things moved to the tile design, that you had a choice. You could either be in your desktop mode or you were in tile mode. But now you're really, it's really merging the best I think the best way to put it is it's merging the best of both worlds because as you're going to start, as you're looking through the live tiles, I can still see your desktop in the background with the tile environment in a smaller window. So you guys really did a great job of integrating the best of tiles to the more familiar environment of your desktop mode. Is that a fair way of describing it? Yeah, absolutely. That's a that's a very good way to describe it. Um, and so, you know, it's uh, it's it's really one environment now. Uh, that uh, that is easy to navigate and easy to personalize and make a great experience. Now, you know, I'm working on uh, a notebook right now, um, but, you know, to your point around, um, you know, having the flexibility to, to work the way you want, um, say that you are in um, on a, a two-in-one device, so this could be a, a tablet that has a detachable keyboard. Right, um, right. You know, if you uh, so, so you know, you may want sometimes to work in uh, tablet mode and sometimes to work in desktop mode. Um, you know, Windows 10 comes with a feature. Actually, it's called Continuum, that um, really allows you the flexibility to work how you want. So I'm actually right now um, flipping my uh, notebook into uh, into tablet mode. And to describe to the listeners what this is doing, it's, it's obviously it's turning the whole interface into a much more touch-friendly way to interact with the operating system. So if you've used Windows 10 on any kind of tablet device, you know what we're talking about. Uh, so it's it's an easy way, and I, I like to, how it works on the surface. You literally pop off the keyboard, and it prompts you right then and there. Do you want to enter tablet mode? Pop the keyboard right back on, and it goes back to desktop mode. So you really are getting the best of both worlds. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and even back to the start menu, if you want your start screen to be full start screen of tiles, you have the ability to set it up that way. So again, very easy uh, personal experience uh, and one that's flexible across devices, uh, regardless of what type of device you're using. Mark, talk to me about the integration with gaming because we, we, we've touched upon this in the past and there's a very tight integration with the Xbox One and Windows 10. How tight does that really get? I mean, that gets, that gets um, very tight, actually. So, uh, and, and we'll have more to share on that as we, uh, as we, we go forward. Uh, but certainly, you know, the ability to 
um, play Xbox games on your PC uh, or to stream from your console um, to your PC gives you a lot of great options just in terms of being able to uh, being able to never kind of leave your Xbox environment even when, <laughs> when you're not in front of the console. So it's uh, so so I, I think it's going to be a tight integration. I have a question for you. I think this is more from the consumer point of view, and you know we all know Mark that people are incredible creatures of habit. People tend to go with what is familiar to them. So on the development side, when coming up with new features and how Windows 10 is going to work. How much time do you guys actually spend? And I know this sounds sort of almost like a regression instead of a progression, but how much time do you guys spend trying to keep it familiar so you don't uh, innovate so much that people are not, you know, are not able to keep up and start missing things like, you know, <clears throat> the start button or things that are familiar to them? How much care do you guys put into the fact that we have to be careful because we have to make sure that it's still a Windows system that our user base is familiar with? Absolutely. I think you hit it right on in that, um, you know, I mentioned before that Windows 10 is really centered around um, the, the idea of enabling people to, to do great things. And so, you know, it's, uh, we, we always need to innovate kind of around that idea and around that brand promise of being productive and being able to get things done. And, and that's what, you know, Windows 10 is, is, is really about in that, uh, you know, we, yes, we will continue to innovate on Windows 10. That's one of the great things about uh, Windows 10 is uh, once you're on Windows 10, you will always be up to date and we will continue to release uh, new features. Um, but, you know, they will, they will always be, uh, you know, some innovative new features that, uh, that help you to do great things and to get things done. This is one of those points. Um, a bunch of other companies and products I use, for example, Adobe, switched to this subscription model, and people, some people are kind of resident, reticent, and they're like, mm, you know what, I, I still want to own my product, but having gone through this process of subscribing to something and constantly getting the latest version and the updates is a phenomenal advantage. And there's no reason in my mind, after having been through it, that this is going to be a phenomenal way to experience Windows and to get those updates down the road. Can you talk to... Um, talk to the pricing, I guess, on the Canadian perspective. What is the upgrade process because there has been some confusion as to eligibility how do people do it is there a, a wait a wait list to get the update or can they just get it when it's available on the 29th uh, well yeah so um, just respect with respect to um, you, with respect to the upgrade you you actually consumers may have uh, already started to see some notifications popping up on their uh, Windows 7 uh, or 8.1 machines, actually. So when you speak to eligibility, those are the el those are the eligible machines um, where uh, uh, that will be eligible for the free upgrade. Um, and as you you may know that, that you know within a year uh, you are eligible to upgrade to Windows 10 for free if you are running a Windows 7 or, or 8.1 machine. And so, you know, some notifications, uh, some devices may have been uh, may have been receiving notifications in the uh, system tray icon as well, which is just on the bottom uh, right hand corner of your uh, of your start menu. Uh, and by clicking on that notification, you can actually learn more about Windows 10 uh, or, uh, or even reserve uh, your copy. And so once you reserve your copy and then Windows 10 um, becomes available, you will actually get a notification when it's available for you uh, to actually go ahead and, and update your device. So it really is going to be uh, a seamless uh, transition uh, from your current device to, to Windows 10 um, when that notification happens. And when you say update, this is not, you don't have to do a clean installation. You can literally upgrade with your existing settings and documents untouched? Absolutely. It's going to be, yes, the, you know, the intent is uh, going to be to, uh, uh, to, to be able to up, update uh, with your existing settings and documents in, in place. So it's definitely not, uh, not a clean install. 
Hey, Mark, I, I just wanted to throw it real quick back to gaming for a second. I know we talked about, obviously, Xbox One functionality and being uh, sort of built into the system is, is a huge thing for you guys. But we have a lot of listeners. PC gaming is still a huge, huge segment, thanks to you guys. Um, so for the PC gamers out there, I, I know for myself, I ended up holding on to XP forever because I was afraid of compatibility issues. But from everything I'm seeing and hearing, compa- compatibility issues moving forward for gamers should not be an issue with Windows 10. If they're playing games that are running on 8.1, jumping to Windows 10 for them should not be an issue, correct? Uh, yeah, uh, yes. Um, you know, that we've taken great care with Windows 10 uh, from a compatibility standpoint to do a, a great deal of, of testing. And uh, so for the most part, I mean, the compatibility, compatibility levels between uh, Windows 8.1 and 10 will be very high. Excellent. Mark Obey, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us. I'm really looking forward to getting my hands on uh, the full release version. As you know, I have been playing with it, but um, I hope we can have you on in the in the near future to talk about all those fun updates that we obviously are going to see down the road. Absolutely. I would love to come back and join you again. Windows 10 Mitchell available July 29th. I've already signed up for my upgrade. You on your Windows machine there? Uh, no, I have not. I, you know how I use you as a guinea pig for all <laughs> testing. Now that you say that it's, it's a release, safe, it's not a beta. Well, now that now I can now I can sign up. I mean, no, no, I'm really excited for many reasons, not just for the gaming applications, but let's face it. You know, I tend to use more uh, of my Mac for my day to day, but I've been easing myself into Windows, due in all, no small part to the fact that I love the Surface. So I, I'm really I'm excited about this. As am I, Mitchell. Next week again, we're gonna have another flashback edition of Your Tech Report. Thanks to our listeners for emailing us contact at yourtechreport.com. Thank you again for a wonderful show. Thanks to our guys from Milwaukee Tool and of course from Microsoft. We will speak to you again right here on Your Tech Report. You've been tuned in to Your Tech Report. Join us again next week for another edition. And be sure to follow Your Tech Report online. Email us, contact at yourtechreport.com. Follow us on Twitter at Your Tech Report. Like us on facebook.com slash yourtechreport. For the latest in breaking tech news and reviews, yourtechreport.com. I'm your eager beaver. And I'm Mr. Grizzly. If you love politics or hate politics, then have we we the perfect perfect podcast for you. The True North Eager Beaver. Incisive political commentary. We keep you up to date and give you the political and media literacy you seek. To help you cut through the bovine fecal matter. Facts first. Sound analysis. Sometimes I growl. Sometimes I sass. We impart civics and build community. And we share some laughs along the way. Being informed and engaged has never been more fabulous. Or sexy. Catch us on the Dean Blundell Network. Or on our YouTube channel. Or wherever you get your podcasts. Because democracy is something you do. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast. The show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent. Almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.